Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website is revolutionbroadcasting.com. Today is Tuesday, August 24th, 2010, and we are going to continue our discussion of the outcome-based educational system that we have here in the United States Today, we started this conversation last week, and I feel that this is such a critically important topic. I'm going to continue in with some more about the educational system uh, that is being perpetuated as real education. Um, I'm going to continue that discussion this week, and if we have time, we'll move into some other topics. This is, of course, uh, an ongoing discussion about the techniques employed in mind control. So-called education, which we termed indoctrination, being one of the most powerful and and influential mind control techniques that is used in the battle for our minds. So, let me uh, give the call-in number for this radio show. Feel free to call in at any time while listening. The number is 724-444-7444. There's no taboo topics. Talk about whatever you like. The number is 724-444-7444. The call ID number, which will have to be entered put you through to the What on Earth is Happening show is 83515. So the call ID number after you call, call in number is 83515. What we do ultimately on this show is we try to get down to the causal factors ultimately of why humanity creates 
self-inflicted forms of suffering. That's what this show is ultimately about. And in that overarching discussion, we came to the topic of mind control and how our psyche can be easily influenced by those who understand how to use specific tools in order to steer consciousness and manipulate it in a certain direction. This toolbox is a big one. There are many different components to mind control. They work in an interlocked fashion, and the only defense against them is understanding indeed how they do work upon us. Once we have that understanding, we are in a better position to defend ourselves against the attack of mind control techniques, and we are in a better position to help awaken others to this silent war that is being waged in our world. So before we get into the topic, the continuation of outcome-based education and the indoctrination system that is laughingly passed off as education in this country, I'd like to read one event announcement. And as I said, I will be reading this every week until this event comes up because it's going to be the biggest event of this kind in the Philadelphia area. And I hope to see the place packed. I hope to see many more speakers added to the lineup. We already have eight great speakers lined up. This is going to be the conference to attend in the year 2011 in the entire Philadelphia region. It's called Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, PA, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert or occult subversive influences upon consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. This will be taking place Saturday, April 9th and Sunday, April 10th, from 10 a.m. to about 8 p.m. on both days. The location is Ruba Hall at 414 Green Street in the Northern Liberty section of Philadelphia, PA, 19123. The admission price is very affordable, only $20 to cover travel, rental, and logistic expenses for the conference. The confirmed speakers to date Aaron McCollum, Andrew Bastiaggio, Jay Parker, Alfred Weber, Laura Magdalena Eisenhower, Michael Kelly, myself, Mark Passio, and just added Suzanne Taylor, who is going to talk about the crop circle phenomenon and its influence upon consciousness. 
what this phenomenon may possibly be about. It is certainly an, an enigma. And she has made a documentary on this phenomenon called What on Earth? Synchronistically enough. She's also going to be showing a bit of her great documentary on the crop circle phenomenon at the uh, Free Your Mind conference. So Suzanne Taylor just added to the conference. For more information about Free Your Mind conference, check out the website freeyourmindconference.com. It's a work in progress, still adding information and speaker biographies. Got a couple of them up there. Uh, but that will be being worked on as uh, the conference approaches. I hope to get uh, some more work done on the site and have it a little bit more complete in the following week. So with that having been said, let's jump right back into the topic of outcome-based education. The indoctrination system of mind control of our youth, in other words. What I'd like to do tonight is read some material that discusses this system and exposes it for what it is. And I didn't get to this last week, but I had mentioned uh, this valedictorian of a Northeastern high school. Uh, her name was Erica Goldson. Now, um, I wanted to have her on the program, but it looks like uh, that just wasn't able to, uh, wasn't going to be able to happen for tonight. So uh, I'd like to read the valedictorian speech that she bravely gave uh, back in June because I feel that she really told it like it was and spoke from the heart. And you could uh, check out this video. I think I'll post the link. And you can um, um, check that out in the podcast section when this goes up on the podcast page on my website tomorrow. But um, she was the valedictorian of Coxsackie Athens High School in New York. I believe it's in upstate New York near Albany. Um, this speech is from her valedictorian address given on June 25th, 2010. And she really let them have it, is all I can say about this speech. This is called Here I Stand by Erica Goldson. There is a story of a young but earnest Zen student who approached his teacher and asked the master, quote, if I work very hard and diligently, how long will it take me to find Zen, unquote. The master thought about this and then replied, 10 years. The student then said, but what if I work very, very hard and really apply myself to learn fast? How long then? The master replied, well, 20 years. The student re responded, but if I really, really work at it, how long then? Asked the student. 30 years, replied the master. But I do not understand, said the disappointed student. At each time that I say I will work harder, you say it will take me longer. Why do you say that, replied the master. When you have one eye on the goal, you only have one eye on the path. 
This is the dilemma I have faced with the American education system. We are so focused on a goal, whether it be passing a test or graduating as first in the class. However, in this way, we do not really learn. We do whatever it takes to achieve our original objective. Some of you may be thinking, well, if you pass a test or become a valedictorian, didn't you learn something? Well, yes, you learned something, but not all that you could have. Perhaps you only learned how to memorize names, places, and dates to later on forget in order to clear your mind for the next test. School is not all that it can be. Right now, it is a place for most people to determine that their goal is to get out as soon as possible. I am now accomplishing that goal. I am graduating. I should look at this as a positive experience, especially being at the top of my class. However, in retrospect, I cannot say that I am any more intelligent than my peers. I can attest that I am only the best at doing what I am told and working the system. Yet, here I stand, and I am supposed to be proud of what I, that I have completed this period of indoctrination. I will leave in the fall to go on to the next phase expected of me in order to receive a paper document that certifies that I am capable of work. But I contend that I am a human being, a thinker, an adventurer, not a worker. A worker is someone who is trapped within repetition, a slave of the system set up before him. But now I have successfully shown that I was the best slave. I did what I was told to the extreme. While others sat in class and doodled to later become a great to be, later become great artists, I sat in class to take notes and become a great test taker. While others would come to class without their homework done because they were reading about an interest of theirs, I never missed an assignment. While others were creating music and writing lyrics, I decided to do extra credit even though I never needed it. So I wonder, why did I even want this position? Sure, I earned it, but what will come of it? When I leave educational institutionalism, I, will I be successful or forever lost? I have no clue about what I want to do with my life. I have no interests because I saw every subject of study as work, and I excelled at every subject just for the purpose of excelling, not learning. And quite frankly, now I'm scared. John Taylor Gatto, a retired school teacher and activist, critical of compulsory schooling, asserts, quote, we could encourage the best qualities of youthfulness, curiosity, adventure, resilience, the capacity for surprising insight simply by being more flexible about time, texts, and tests, by introducing kids into truly competent adults, introducing kids into truly competent adults, and by giving each student what, what autonomy he or she needs in order to take a risk every now and then. But we don't do that, unquote. Between 
these cinder block walls, we are all expected to be the same. We are all trained to ace every standardized test. And those who deviate and see light through a different lens are worthless to the scheme of public education and therefore viewed with contempt. H.L. Mencken wrote in The American Mercury for April 1924 that the aim of public education is not, quote, to fill the young of the species with knowledge and awaken their intelligence. Nothing could be farther from the truth. The aim is simply to reduce as many individuals as possible to the same safe level, to breed and train a standardized citizenry, to put down dissent and originality. That is the aim in the United States, unquote. To illustrate this idea, doesn't it perturb you to learn about the idea of, quote, critical thinking? Is there really such a thing as uncritically thinking? To, th to, think is to, to think is to process information in order to form an opinion. But if we are not critical when processing this information, are we really thinking or are we mindlessly accepting other opinions as truth? This was happening to me. And if it wasn't for the rare occurrence of an avant-garde 10th grade English teacher, Donna Bryan, who allowed me to open my mind and ask questions before accepting textbook doctrine, I would have been doomed. I am now enlightened, but my mind still feels disabled. I must retrain myself and constantly remember how insane this ostensibly sane place really is. And now, here I am in a world guided by fear, a world suppressing the uniqueness that lies inside each of us, a world where we can either acquiesce to the inhuman nonsense of corporatism and materialism or insist on change. We are not enlivened by an educational system that clandestinely sets us up for jobs that could be automated, for work that need not be done, for enslavement without fervency or meaningful achievement. We have no choice in life when money is our motivational force. Our motivational force ought to be passion, but this is lost from the moment we step into a system that trains us rather than inspires us. And now here I am in a world, I'm sorry, we are, we are more than robotic bookshelves, conditioned to blurt out facts we were taught in school. We are all very special. Every human on this planet is so special. So aren't we all deserving of something better? We use, of using our minds for innovation rather than memorization, or creativity rather than futile activity for rumination rather than stagnation. We are not here to get a degree, to then get a job so we can consume industry-approved placation after placation. There is more and more still. The saddest part is that the majority of students don't have the opportunity to reflect as I did. The majority of students are put through the same brainwashing techniques in order to create a complacent 
labor force working in the interests of large corporations and secretive government, and worst of all, they are completely unaware of it. I will never be able to turn back these 18 years. I can't run away to another country with an education system meant to enlighten rather than condition. This part of my life is over, and I want to make sure that no other child will have his or her potential suppressed by powers meant to exploit and control. We are human beings. We are thinkers, dreamers, explorers, artists, writers, engineers. We are anything we want to be, but only if we have an educational system that supports us rather than holds us down. A tree can grow, but only if its roots are given a healthy foundation. For those of you out there that must continue to sit in desks and yield to the authoritarian ideologies of instructors, do not be disheartened. You still have the opportunity to stand up, ask questions, be critical, and create your own perspective. Demand a setting that will provide you with, the, with intellectual capabilities that allow you to expand your mind instead of directing it. Demand that you be interested in class. Demand that the excuse, quote, you have to learn this for the test, unquote, is not good enough for you. Education is an excellent tool if used properly, but focus more on learning rather than getting good grades. For those of you that work within the system I am condemning, I do not mean to insult. I intend to motivate. You have the power to change the incompetencies of this system. I know that you did not become a teacher or an administrator to see your students bored. You cannot accept the authority of the governing bodies that tell you what to teach, how to teach it, and that you will be punished if you do not comply. Our potential is at stake. For those of you that are now leaving this establishment, I say, do not forget what went on in these classrooms. Do not abandon those that come after you. We are the new future and we are not going to let tradition stand. We will break down the walls of corruption to let a garden of knowledge grow throughout America. Once educated properly, we will have the power to do anything. And best of all, we will only use that power for good. For we will be cultivated and wise. We will not accept anything at face value. We will ask questions and we will demand truth. So here I stand. I am not standing here as valedictorian by myself. I was molded by my environment, by all of my peers who are sitting here watching me. I couldn't have accomplished this without all of you. It was all of you who truly made me the person I am today. It was all of you who were my competition, yet my backbone. In that way, we are all valedictorians. I am now supposed to say farewell to this institution, those who maintain it and those who stand with me and behind me. But I hope this farewell is more of a see you later when we are all working together to rear a pedagogic movement. But first, Let's go get those pieces of paper that tell us that we're smart enough to do so.
So that was Erica Goldson's valedictorian speech to uh, June 25th, 2010 at Coxsackie Athens High School. And I think it's highly encouraging that a young person can be that insightful and can have that firm of a grasp of what indeed the educational system in this country has become even that close to having been put through it. For most, it takes years of deprogramming long after one has been put through the indoctrination system to understand it for that which it is. So I would like to commend um, this true thinker because to be at that level of consciousness at that young age is, uh, is an accomplishment in and of itself. So um, I see we have a caller on the line from central New Jersey. And uh, again, I, I love taking calls. Call in at any time during the show, whenever you have something that you want to discuss or whenever you have something that you like to say. So let's go right to the phones. Caller from Central New Jersey, you are on. What on earth is happening? What do you have for us? Caller from Central New Jersey, are you there? All right, going once, going twice, gone. All right. Uh, when I see that someone is called in, um, I usually try to get to the, uh, the phone call unless I'm right in the middle of a concept. So be patient when you call in. Uh, I guess uh, either that person is just listening on the call-in line or uh, didn't uh, want to go through with it. So not a problem. Let's, um, let's go back to how the indoctrination system fits into mind control in general. We talked about how a left-brained educational model that has the emphasis on purely physical world things, math, science, reading only, logic skills only, word, um, word skills only, okay? math only, science only. These are left-brain modalities. When we are engaged in one chronic type of brain activity, which means geared toward one brain hemisphere or another, what happens is the entire neocortex suffers as a result of that imbalance. We need to be balanced when it comes to the modalities of brain activity that we engage in. So our brain activity needs to be holistic in order for the brain to truly be healthy. The physiology of the brain really comes into play. I encourage people to go back on former podcasts when we talk about uh, the components of the brain, the, structure, the structures that exist within the brain, the, the three basic brain complexes. Of course, the real structure of the brain is more advanced than that. These are s simplified models to help people who haven't really been introduced to any 
deeper level of neuroscience to, to comprehend essentially how the structures of the brain work. And we have to understand that if we engage in left brain chronic activity and thought, we are going to see an imbalance across the entire neocortex. Last week I posted a slide on the education system with two scans of different human brains, one that, that displays something called global EEG coherence, which is uh, activity, uh, neural activity across the entire neocortical structure of the brain as viewed from the underneath side and really highlighting the prefrontal neocortex at the top. Um, if you look at the image to the left in that slide, that's a properly functioning neocortex. The image to the right is what we're churning out through the indoctrination system, the outcome-based educational system in the United States that is almost purely left-brain um, inspired, almost purely geared toward the modalities of the left-brain only. We need to engage in holistic thought processes, in nonlinear thought processes, in intuitive thought processes, and in doing so, that's how we engage the right brain hemisphere, the creative side of ourself, the intuitive side, the nurturing side, the caring side. This is the sacred feminine aspects of ourselves that are so lacking in particularly Western culture, but throughout the world in general. So this is how the brain becomes destabilized. And as the brain becomes destabilized physiologically, the mind and what one is willing to believe and the directions that one are willing to be led also uh, follow suit. So I ended the show last week with a question uh, from Bob in Cincinnati. Uh, we had started to get into some topics that touched upon occultism and occult symbology. And one of the other things that I wanted to talk about was the symbol that is most frequently employed in education. And that has to do with the uh, cap and gown. So I'd like to briefly discuss this and see if this opens up any further discussion or comments from the listening audience. The graduation cap and gown is occult symbology. They are black. One is clothed in a black robe. Now that's significant. When one graduates, black is a symbol that is traditionally used to represent darkness. And this is a form of occultic mockery. The so-called graduated individual, and indeed they have been graduated. They haven't been initiated, but they have certainly been graduated. Outcome-based education is a stepwise model, just like other processes that work in government, in financial institutions, in the military, in the police, and in all institutions that essentially are built upon control. You can't take people from beginning to end all at once. They would know that something was afoot. They would know that it perhaps 
is not in their best interest, what you're trying to do to them. So they have to be taken there gradually. That's how indoctrination works. That's how mind control works. It's a building block process. It's a stepwise process where you don't go the entire distance in one fell swoop. You take the person there gradually. You take them there in grades. And when you have them to the level that you want them at, meaning you've conditioned their mind to the point where you feel that it is now, they are now acceptable to enter the, the workforce which you want to put them into, which is essentially indentured servitude and slavery. Before you do that, you have them in front of you for one last ritual mockery. And the ritual mockery is called the graduation ceremony. And in that ceremony, you're giving them this document that says that they've been gradually indoctrinated or graduated. And putting it in their hand as a wand, something that is rolled up. Even though you know that this person is not the magician, they're not the alchemist, they're not even the sorcerer because they can't even understand the sorcerer's techniques. They're impotent. The graduation diploma rolled up like a wand with a ribbon around it is a symbol of impotence. It is the wand that wields no power. On top of the head is a black square which sits over top a rounded black cap. This is saying to the individual at a symbolic level. Now, for those of you who want to think about this purely in the left brain sense, you, you, you're not going to grasp the concept because symbology is not a left brain concept. And if you want to approach symbology like that, you will understand exactly zero about it and about what it says when it speaks. So if you want to continue to go on thinking that symbols are meaningless and that they don't actually speak to the subconscious part of the human mind and psyche, go right along thinking that way. I can't convince you that what I'm saying about symbology in general is true. You can only understand that by studying symbology on your own and understanding how it is used in what instances it is used, and what it is saying when it speaks. Because symbology is a language. And it is a language that only once someone has made a study of can one decode it. It's like learning any new language that one has no grasp of when one is initially exposed to it. So we touched upon this a little bit last week when I briefly discussed the concept of the symbol of the uh, octagon uh, the eight-pointed star, the, and the hypercube, related topics that are related uh, uh, to mind control in general. And uh, I, in answering Bob from Cincinnati's question, uh, I had begun talking about symbols in relation to mind control. Since we're talking about the educational system, I thought it, feel it's appropriate to talk about this symbol of the black square. Now, for those who may be somewhat familiar with Freemasonry, which is something that we're going to talk about extensively on future shows when we start to discuss and penetrate occult systems and occult philosophies and occult ideologies. 
we will talk about the symbols of Freemasonry. And one of the most important symbols of Freemasonry is the black and white checkerboard floor. You will see this in Freemasonic temples, lodges. You will see this in their tracing boards that they give to initiates to study, to contemplate, to meditate upon. What this symbol ultimately means in the system of allegory and symbology that is Freemasonry is it means base consciousness. That is what the checkerboard floor of the house ultimately means. In symbology, it is, it is explaining to the person that you, in your state of unconsciousness, in your state of not having been yet fully initiated to truth and wisdom, you are a wanderer between light and darkness. Yet, you do not have the spiritual discernment to know, truly know, which is which. And this is a true concept. This is not something that is just made up by the people who developed the system that we call Freemasonry. It is not just something that people randomly believe in. This is a symbol that is stating a truth in nature, a truth in how things actually do exist in the world that we live in. Because there are an overwhelming abundance of individuals who have no idea how natural law principles work. And we've talked about natural law extensively on this show, and we'll continue to talk about that more so as the weeks progress. I'm going to say a bit about natural law tonight in relation to what we know, how we know it, and the whole indoctrination system that people are put through that we call the public school system of education. They're putting upon the head this symbol of the black square. In the black and white checkerboard pattern that is used in Freemasonry and other occult systems as well, the black square represents darkness. It represents ignorance. It represents the condition of not knowing. One could also say it additionally represents nescience. And I've made the, the distinction between nescience and ignorance quite clear on previous shows, but I'll restate it again. Nescience is not knowing or understanding something that one could not reasonably have the expectation of knowing by never having been exposed to it. Ignorance is not having information about something that one would reasonably have the expectation of having known at some point because of the information that they do have at their disposal. So in, in this distinction, I would unequivocally state that the human species is largely in, in a state of ignorance, mass ignorance, not a state of mass nescience. Ignorance is deliberately ignoring something 
that you do have the reasonable expectation to be able to comprehend because that information does indeed exist within your grasp. And you have the ability to take in that information through exposure to it because it is made available. And there are people who will violently deny this and violently say that that is not the case, case, that the human species is simply nescient, that they could not reasonably have the expectation of understanding natural law principles, of understanding the truth of what is taking place on this planet, and that this information is completely suppressed from them. And what I say to that is total bunk. Total bunk. Nonsense. And I can't make it any clearer than that. I'm just going to state that as fact. That's total, utter nonsense. The amount of information that exists in this world of good, critical information that exists in this world is so overwhelmingly, staggeringly immense that it can barely be even comprehended by anyone. It's ignored. Flat out ignored. Okay, it's ignored by people who should know better and want things to continue like this, that exist purely out of ego, purely out of selfishness, and it's ignored by people who, who just think they have enough information to get by in life. And their ego will not let them see how ignorant they indeed are. Because that might admit being wrong. That's what it ultimately comes down to, folks. The most powerful three words in the English language. I was wrong. And I say this to the so-called educators out there who may be listening. When the ego has you, you can't admit that you're part of a system that's doing more harm than good. Also, it can't get you to admit that you may not have all the information that you need to understand what's really taking place around you. That's what ego ultimately is. The inability to admit that one is wrong. The inability to look at additional information that can bring light to something that is taking place in one's environment. That's what ego really is. The force that has the hold of the mind of the individual so much, that has hold of that psyche and the spirit, indeed, of that individual that says, I will not allow you to admit that you are wrong about this. Let's go over the cliff into the fire first, but never say those three words. So getting back to the symbolism of graduation, this black square is placed in a subversive position. Okay, it's not carried by the person. Okay, it's not on their shoes. Right? It's on their head. It's not only on their head, it's on the top of their head. Right at the location that is traditionally referred to as the crown chakra. The vortex of energy, the vortex of energy that is the highest spiritual flow of energy that bursts forth from the human body and connects with the universe. This is the chakra that is associated in mystic traditions with the attainment of enlightenment, along with the third eye chakra. 
on this chakra point at the top of the head is placed this black covering, a black cap. And above the black circular cap, okay, so put in a superior position to even the circular shape that surrounds the, the, the neocortex. Okay, they're putting the circle around the neocortex, but covering it in a black dome. And then above that, they're putting the square. The square elevated to the position above the circle. Just as we talked about last week, the octagon elevated to this position on a cop's hat. Now, you're not just you don't just have the single square, but the double square. The mind control is completed. Not only do you believe in nonsense, you're willing to enforce it through violence, through the initiation of undue force, which you don't have the right to take against other sovereign individuals. So they're doubly insulting the cop who wears the black octagonal eight-cornered hat right out in the open to anyone who has any eye and any ear to understand the language of symbology. And this is very basic symbology, the, the black and white checkerboard floor. The very basic symbology, the black square. See, it's, it's saying that one, it, that the being itself is a checkered, quote-unquote checkered person. They live the checkered life. See, this is a word pun. Word puns are also used in occult symbology, particularly, particularly when it comes to mockery of an individual through symbols. And uh, again, this will be my topic of discussion in my presentation at the Free Your Mind conference. I'm giving you a small taste of it here, but I'll be going extensively into the symbology of police and military and showing you how they are the most ritually mocked people on this planet. And the occultists who own them, and they do own them, they do. Okay? I wanted to rage against that fact in my youth when dark occultists in my involvement with them told me to my face, we own these people like dogs and call them dogs. I, I, I could not bring myself to accept that that is the le was the level of control that they had over the person's mind. And you know what, folks? Here they are. Here's the big three. I was wrong. There it is. There it is right from my mouth. Because they have a far greater level of control over these people's minds than I ever would have imagined. And I raged against that individual telling me that that one day when I said, I'm going to expose this, I'm going to explain to people how they're, they're mocked and ridiculed and what you really think of them. And, and they said, knock yourself out, boy, knock yourself out. Good luck. Good luck. One person went so far as to say to me, if we came there and tried to explain to people what we actually do, what we actually think of them and the power we actually have over them through our institutions, they would look at us to our face and, and not believe us. What chance do you have? Good luck. And that, that was how I left 
Dark occultism, ladies and gentlemen, along those lines, no concern, zero concern. Zero concern that I could ever affect the minds of other individuals to take them out of that level of control. Because they know that it's not nescience. They know that it's ignorance. That this person deliberately and willfully chooses to ignore reality. Why? Because they don't want individual responsibility of their own actions. They would rather be used as a thug to do the bidding of someone that they know subconsciously, even consciously to a certain extent, is their owner. Is their owner. And I'll say that to any cop to their face. I don't care if they're a member of Oath Keepers. I don't care if they're a member of Police and Military Against a New World Order or any other tent picture group that exists out there that thinks the control and the initiation of violence is morally acceptable. I'll tell them right to their face because I worked with the occultists who owned them, owned them outright. I know I get a little bit uh, emotional when I talk about this topic. I know I have a tendency to start, you know, getting a little bit uh, loud and forceful with my voice. But, hey, that, that's how I am. That's my, that's my personality. I feel I'm given powerful and potent and important to understand information, and sometimes I get a little bit passionate about it. So let's go back to the concept of the checkerboard floor of the house. This is the floor of the house because it, is, it represents the floor of the brain. It's called the floor of the house in Freemasonic parlance, in their symbolic um, um, description of what, what this represents, this uh, black and white checkered floor symbology. Where do we see this? Well, we see this in the game of chess because a chess master owns and controls the pieces. They tell the pieces how to move and what to do on the board. They're not on the board. They're above the board. They're sitting off the board. They're off the square. See, in Freemasonry, to be told that one is on the square, some people think that that is some kind of a compliment. You're being insulted if you're told you're on the square. That's, you're, you're being told you're in base consciousness. You're in the checkered life of you're living the checkered life of a person who doesn't truly understand natural law principles you wouldn't know light from dark if it smacked you in the face you're a wanderer on the floor of the house meaning in the reptile complex of the brain because that's ultimately what this checkerboard floor represents the base consciousness of survival only physical world identification modality consciousness that's what the checkerboard floor represents the object, ladies and gentlemen, is to get off the checkerboard floor and to climb the ladder to the gods. Unity consciousness and access to that is only granted when you go past the checkerboard floor and you go up the middle pillar, which is the unification between the left and the right brain hemispheres. I'll talk about this extensively when I cover the, the symbology of Freemasonry. Just a little bit of a taste tonight to understand how this black square is used in the ritual mockery that is called a graduation ceremony and it is ritual mockery it is not done by people it is not invented by people who did not did not understand this symbology it was invented by people who clearly understood this symbology it is propagated 
by people who have no idea what they're even propagating. They have no idea that they're continuing a ritualized occult mockery of a, a non-initiated but a gradually indoctrinated dupe. A dupe. Okay? This is another reason here. It's more green language. This is why they called the people who wear the double square a copy. C-O-P. A cop. Cop. And yeah, you can get into the whole thing that yes, it meant copper because copper you know, was what their badges are made out of, etc., so forth and so on. It doesn't make a difference. The word works out in green language, in synchromystic symbolic language, to be cop, which one could render as copy. C-O-P. Copy. Okay? It is a dupe. One who has been duplicated. A clone. And indeed, that's what they are. Carbon copy cutouts who all have been conditioned to think the same thing. Namely, that they have the natural law right to initiate undue force against people because their masters told them to do so. And guess what? Even the people who think that they're lawful police, that they're going to uphold constitutional rights through force, you don't understand how natural law works. You never have, and you don't want to admit that you're wrong about how natural law works. You think you're ever going to create adherence and understanding of natural law through force. And you're wrong. The end. You don't understand how natural law works, and you don't understand that you're only pumping more chaos into the system by thinking that you're going to do that through force. You're not, and you're wrong. The end. And the sooner you admit that, the sooner you stop being controllers and thinking that control is any kind of a solution, no matter how violent humanity would ever get with each other. And you start to understand natural law is the answer, and you start to understand that only the proper propagation of the understanding of natural law through voluntary understanding, through putting this information out there in a coherent way, is the only way that we can ever solve the problem of the low level of consciousness that this species exists in, are you ever going to make any progress? You're never going to do it through control. Sorry to break that to you, cops. Sorry to break that to you, military. Okay? But you're, you're, you exist in a total state of ignorance. And the symbols you wear are demonstrating that to you and telling it to you at every turn. And your owners are telling you that at every turn. Okay? You don't want to hear it, but you're going to hear it, at least from me. You're going to hear it. Okay? So, that's the symbology of the checkerboard floor of the house in Freemasonry for anyone that has a true understanding of what those symbols really mean. And indeed, this is the exact consciousness that people are bred to be in upon coming out of the indoctrination system that we call, quote-unquote, the public school education system in the United States. So, that is the symbol of the black square that is placed upon the head in a black robe, right upon the crown chakra the square is placed, and it's a mockery. The person is being told, you know exactly zero. You're in darkness. You're a dweller in darkness, and we're putting that right on your head to confirm it. And you have no idea what it even means. And again, they do this doubly so for cops. Not only don't you understand what you're a part of, you're willing to take action, action in your ignorance. 
So we'll double the square. We'll put two of them in the form of the octagonal hat. And indeed, look at police regalia in England. They wrap the checkerboard floor of the house, the symbol of the floor of Solomon's Temple in Freemasonry, which represents the the brain, and the, the checkerboard floor represents the base brain or the R complex. They wrap it around the neocortex in the band around the hat of the cops in England is wrapped the checkerboard floor of the house. And indeed, they go even further to insult them. It's, it's laughable. It's, it's actually, if it weren't so sad, I would, just, I would sit there and belly laugh like they do. Because I, I heard them right from their lips to my ears, as I've said. Hysterically laugh about this. It's a joke to them, folks. It's a laughing stock. It's a big belly laugh joke that they're mocking people in the open and they're too dumb to even understand that they're being mocked. And you know what? In a lot of ways, man, in a lot of ways, folks, I really think that even if they did understand it, they would just continue to go along with it. They love their servitude. They love the fact that they have masters. They love being owned because it absolves them of their personal responsibility to learn anything. They want to be dumb. They want to be ignorant. They want to just be used and abused and pushed around and told what to do so that they can say, I don't have to think. I just do in rote like a robot. I just do. I don't think. And we'll talk about how they're mocked through, through numerology as well. They're told that all you do is do. You don't think and you don't feel. It's a joke to the occultists that own these people. And you know what? I don't even try to say they don't own them anymore. They do own them. They own you. Log, stock, and barrel. Owned. Owned. You don't understand your own sovereignty and you don't respect sovereignty in others. Therefore, you're owned. Totally owned. Wholly owned. Wrapping the symbolic symbol, the symbol of base consciousness, mind control, and pure ignorance around the, the neocortex of the brain. And in, look at... Look at um, Police hats in England. They wrap this, this uh, checkerboard floor right around the brain of the dupe, of the copy. Okay? Wrap it right around the brain. And then on the third eye, they put a double square. Yeah, exactly. Right on the third eye chakra, right on the forehead, the badge of the police in England is a double square. But good luck... With, a, with not wanting to admit that you're duped about it. Good luck. Enjoy. Enjoy what you got. Enjoy the state of mind control you have. That's the symbology that is employed in indoctrination when it comes to the education system. And that's simple symbolism. Symbolism builds from there, folks. This is building blocks. This is, this is ABCs. If you can't conceptualize what I just laid out and you can't understand the, the symbolic concepts that that's conveying to the subconscious mind, once it is decoded at the conscious level, you're, you're going to be very, very hard-pressed 
to understand more complex symbology because symbology gets very much more complex than that. Yet, it always conveys simple ideas. And in this case, namely, the person doesn't understand light from dark. They dwell in ignorance on the floor of the house in the base brain. The symbology of the black square placed on the crown chakra in ritual mockery of the non-initiated. So, it's the top of the second hour. Let me give the call-in number again and the call ID number for the show. Anyone that wants to talk about these topics, anyone that wants to go deeper into occult symbolism, anyone that wants to bring up any further information about the um, indoctrination system in this country, feel free to call in to What on Earth is Happening at 724-444-7444. Once again, that's 724 444 Triple four. The call-in ID number that you have to put in when you call is 83515. Once again, the call ID number, 83515. We're going into the second hour of tonight's broadcast, and I want to read a little bit more, continuing with the discussion of the indoctrination system and indoctrination in general as a vehicle for mind control. Um, I want to read a few quotes from some uh, good documents that can enlighten people to what's really going on when it comes to education. The first is from Charlotte Iserbeet, who I mentioned last week and posted a video to my podcast page. She wrote a book called The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. I would highly recommend this book. I would suggest that anyone that wants to learn more about the outcome-based education system and how it functions and how it was put into place, read her book, The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. Her name is Charlotte Iserbeet. Charlotte is C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E, and Iserbeet is I-S-E-R-B-Y-T, Charlotte Iserbeet. This is a couple of quotes from the deliberate dumbing down of America. The tradition, the traditional definition of education, like the one given in the New Century Dictionary of the English language, is the drawing out of a person's innate talents and abilities by imparting the knowledge of languages, scientific reasoning, history, literature, rhetoric, etc. These are the channels through which those abilities would flourish and serve. I want to read that whole thing again because I think it is critically important to understand a good definition of what education really is, and this, I feel, is a good one. This is from the New Century Dictionary of the English Language, and Charlotte Iserbeet is quoting this in her book. Education is the drawing out of a person's innate talents and abilities by imparting the knowledge of languages, scientific reasoning, history, literature, rhetoric, etc., the channels through which those abilities would flourish and serve. 
the channels through which they would serve the individual. This is known as a liberal education, meaning it is the methodology of learning through which one is freed. A liberal arts education. I spoke earlier today via phone with John Irvin of Gnostic Media Podcast. He's going to be on the show probably in a few weeks. He has been getting into the trivium system of education, which is based upon the liberal arts, is based upon grammar, rhetoric, and logic. John is moving forward in, with his work in a great direction to help people understand what it truly means to think. What is being critical? How can we develop those tendencies in ourselves in a way that literally is like lifting weights? You want to build muscle? You lift weights to do that. You exercise to do that. You eat the right foods to do that. Well, there are methodologies to which one, which one can employ that will result in a true education. And that is what the liberal arts are. I would encourage people to check out triviumeducation.com. It's one of John's sites. Going back to Charlotte Iserbeet's book, The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America, after she gives this definition of what true education is, she says a quantum leap was taken from the above definition to the new dehumanizing definition used by the experimental psychologists found in An Outline of Educational Psychology. This is a book by Rudolf Hint. Pintner, P-I-N-T-N-E-R, which claims that, quote, learning is the result of modifiability in the paths of neural conduction. Let's just think about that, just that first sentence before we go further. He's saying learning is the result of modifiability in the paths of neural conduction, period, period but never saying to what aim that is, to what purpose, to what goal that may serve. Continuing with Rudolf Pintner's definition of learning, explanations of even such forms of learning as abstraction and generalization demand of the neurons only growth, excitability, conductivity, and modifiability. The mind is the connection system of man, and learning is the process of connecting. The situation response formula, the situation response formula is adequate to cover learning of any sort. The situation response formula is adequate to cover learning of any sort. And the really influential factors in learning are readiness of the neurons, sequence in time, belongingness, and satisfying consequences. Ladies and gentlemen, meaning 
outcome-based. The ends justifies the means, and the ends is all the goal is about. All the whole process is about. That's all it's about, the ends. That's it. We have in mind where we want to take you from the beginning, and this system is just a process to complete those ends. Continuing with Charlotte Iserbeet's analysis in The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America, she says, an in-depth understanding of the deplorable situation found in our nation's schools today is impossible without an understanding of the redefinition in the above statements. Education in the 21st century will, for the majority of youth, be workforce training. Thus, the need for Pavlonian slash Skinnerian methodology based on operant conditioning, which in essence is at the heart of the above dehumanizing definition of education, this sowing of the seeds, quote-unquote, through redefinition will react the death of traditional liberal arts education through the advent of mastery learning, which we talked about last week when we discussed the Nazis' system of outcome-based education, which they called master learning, which they borrowed from the Soviets, from the, the, the uh, fomenters of the Bolshevik Revolution, which used outcome-based educational to implement their system of socialism and communism. So it's ultimately, this is Soviet-derived, and of course that system goes back further into antiquity. But in the modern age, it is concretized by the Soviet system. She says that this will react the death of traditional liberal arts education through the advent of mastery learning, outcome-based education, and direct instruction, all of which will be performance-based and behaviorist, meaning it will simply be based on a grading system, not true learning. It will simply be outcome-oriented to, to um, create in the person being indoctrinated the behavioral patterns that are wished to see by the engineers who invented the system, the social engineers who invented the system. That's all it is. It is to create a specific set of behaviors. And by any definition you want to call it, folks, that's called mind control. When you gradually give people only the information that you feel that they need to inspire a set of behaviors that you have in mind for them, that is called mind control. Continuing with Iserbeet's uh, book from The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America, this is from another chapter, that a, quote, new age of collectivism has emerged and is being implemented right now under our very noses in the noxious 90s, which is when she wrote this book, with little or no outrage from the public or our elected officials, can only be attributed to the deliberate dumbing down of Americans who haven't been taught the difference between free enterprise 
and planned economies, which is socialism, between group thinking and individual freedom and, here's the big word, folks, responsibility. The reason they can get away with this, the reason that it goes on practically unhindered is because people in general want to run away as fast as possible from the responsibility of solving their own problems in an equitable and peaceful way. The end. That's it, folks. And you know what? At the risk of even insulting my small listening audience, most people who even listen to this show probably don't want to accept that. We don't want to accept that this is what our species has become. And again, I talked about the word becoming and how it is an occult concept in and of itself, the concept of becoming because an occultist knows that there is very little human nature. Just as Erica Goldson said, she is shaped. She was shaped by her experiences and her peers. We learn in a shared fashion by what we are exposed to. But you know what? People have exposed the truth about what is going on in the world through books, through podcasts, through through uh, videos, through lectures, through conferences, on and on and on ad infinitum. There's so much information about what's really going on in the world. There's no excuse for not understanding this. There's no excuse for continuing to go along with an immoral system that is based upon violence. There's no excuse. Anybody still doing that, anybody still in that state of consciousness is a willfully ignorant dupe. So there I said it. Equally, in, in deep ego, are people that don't even want to admit that is the case. They want to make excuses for the human population. They want to say, oh no, they're, they're ready to accept responsibility. They really want to know what's real. They want to know the difference between truth and fantasy. They want to learn natural law. They really don't, folks. People largely want to remain ignorant and they want to continue to shirk personal responsibility. And that's why the way that they're going to be forced to learn by nature itself is by fire. By fire, they're going to be forced to learn. Don't say, I didn't warn you, and don't say, I didn't try to tell you so. Anybody who's listening or who could propagate this information to anybody else, this is the hour that we are at. And that time is coming upon the human species. Because, once again, instead of accepting responsibility, instead of looking at truth openly, without fear, realizing where we have come, realizing where the refusal to understand the self, the corner that it has backed us, that this refusal has backed us into, 
We are going to send ourselves down a path that none of us are going to like. One bit. And you know what? It will have been richly deserved because the laws of nature are never failing. They work 100% of the time, unceasingly and flawlessly. It is we who refuse to accept this. And to, to that, that, that end, to the understanding of that, I want to read a couple more quotes which take us down a little bit more of a deep and occult understanding of this, which has traditionally been hidden from us until modern times in this vast information explosion and the advent of many enlightened people who are walking the earth right now desperately trying for the betterment of humanity to try to get this information to be more readily accepted by the individuals who the dark occultists of this world refer to as the dead. This is a quote by R. Buckminster Fuller. I would highly suggest people look at this man's work. R. Buckminster Fuller. F-U-L-L-E-R. Fuller said, The dark ages still reign over all humanity. And the depth and persistence of this domination are only now becoming clear. This dark age this dark age prison has no steel bars, chains or locks. Instead, it is locked by misorientation and built on misinformation, caught up in a plethora of conditioned reflexes and driven by the human ego. Both warden and prisoner attempt meagerly to compete with God. All are intractably skeptical of what they do not understand. We are powerfully imprisoned in these dark ages simply by the terms in which we have been conditioned to think. And I would say we have been conditioned to not think. I would also say his use of the word God, where he says we are caught up in a plethora of conditioned reflexes and driven by the human ego, both warden and prisoner attempt to meagerly compete with God. I would say that his use of the word God in his explanation is totally interchangeable with natural law principles. It's one and the same. They're the same thing, folks. People ask me sometimes, what is enlightenment? And I say enlightenment is the full and complete understanding of every being's sovereignty and the total willingness to accept the responsibility to honor that complete sovereignty in all others. That's enlightenment. 
That is what enlightenment is. And there are so, so tragically few individuals alive on this planet that are at that level of consciousness that it's pitiful. It is pitifully sad. I'm not saying this to in any way discourage people. I'm trying to lay out the road we need to go down to get to the light. This isn't my road. This isn't my way. This isn't uh, my ideology. This isn't my beliefs. This is actual point of fact reality about how natural law works. It can be known. It's a law of nature. It can be discovered and it can be lived according to. It can be lived by. And if we don't do that soon, the universe is going to wipe this slate clean, folks. It's not, you think nature's going to allow this, what we're creating here to continue forever, unchecked, unabated, and we're going to get out of this situation unscathed? Good luck with that attitude if that's what you think. Enjoy. Enjoy what's coming if that's how you think. Because in her destroyer quality, the goddess is going to arrive here in full sway. And the lesson's going to be learned then, folks. It's going to be learned then. And it's going to be learned in the most uncomfortable way that we can possibly imagine. When, in fact, we had the opportunity to learn it in a way that could have benefited and served that which we are and furthered our evolutionary progress in consciousness. Continuing with another Buckminster Fuller quote, here's where we start to get into natural law a little bit, and I'm going to complete this, and hopefully we can get some calls um, to discuss some of this. If not, that's fine. Uh, I'll continue to go on, and we could uh, either wrap up some more things about outcome-based education, or we could uh, start to explore a new topic, a new methodology of mind control. So I'm going to read a couple more quotes. The first is, by again, by Buckminster Fuller. Fuller says that the fact that 99% of humanity does not understand nature is the prime reason for humanity's failure to exercise its option to attain universally sustainable physical success on this planet. And I want to just stop there at that first sentence because that is demonstrable of enlightenment. This person is enlightened. That's what enlightenment is. That he gets that, that he fully understands that, is the state known as enlightenment. And it's, it's not something else, folks. The New Age movement wants to propagate a lot of total crap about what enlightenment is. Okay? It's not this attainment of some kind of unreasonable perfection that the New Age teachers, these New Age gurus, want, to, want you to believe that enlightenment is. That's not what it is. This is what enlightenment is, right here, what R. Buckminster Fuller is describing. And I'm going to read it again. The fact that 99% of humanity does not understand nature 
is the prime reason for humanity's failure to exercise its option to attain universally sustainable physical success on this planet. And I think that's one of the greatest quotes that has ever been spoken out of a human mouth or written down by a human hand. There's the whole story summed up in one sentence, folks. If you, you, that's all you need to know, essentially. Good night. That's it. In, continuing with this quote. Instead, I, I'm sorry. Uh, where was I here? Okay. Success on this planet. The prime barrier to humanity's discovery and comprehension of nature is the obscurity of the mathematical language of science, true science. Fortunately, however, nature is not using the strictly imaginary, awkward, and unrealistic coordinated system adopted and taught by present-day academic, quote, science. You see the distinction that is being made here? Nature doesn't use the arbitrary language that we do in academic science. It uses unswerving law. the prime barrier to humanity's discovery and comprehension of nature. He's not using the word belief in there. Nothing need be believed. He's saying that this is a discovery and a comprehension. It's an understanding. It's not a belief. The prime barrier to humanity's discovery and comprehension of nature is the obscurity of the mathematical language of science. Fortunately, however, nature is not using the strictly imaginary, awkward, and unrealistic coordinate, coordinate system adopted and taught by present-day academic science. True science doesn't use ob obscure language. It uses very simplistic, elegant, to-the-point, matter-of-fact language. Truth is always simple and elegant and can be understood by anyone, so long as the ego is not so calcified and hardened within the individual's consciousness that it will not allow them to admit when they make mistakes. Our Buckminster Fuller, ladies and gentlemen, Illuminatus, Enlightened One. And in keeping with that, the next quote I would like to read you comes out, out of the Rosicrucian tradition. One of the greatest Rosicrucian authors, and again, I don't have to believe and accept every single thing that anyone says to read a quote. I don't accept and believe every single thing Charlotte Iserbeet says. I wouldn't say I accept every single thing that R. Buckminster Fuller says. I, wouldn't, I don't believe or accept everything that Max Heindel has ever wrote. 
But he has much wisdom and has communicated it in voluminous books. He is a prolific author in the Rosicrucian tradition. And this quote will help you to understand this person's wisdom. He says, quote, It should not be too difficult for any person of average intelligence to acquire a knowledge of at least the outlines of the scheme of evolution. Now, let me stop there, okay, and, and just clarify a little bit about what he really means, and I, I do know what he means because I have further read this work, and I understand what he means by these terms that he's using, because in some people, these terms may cloud the issue of what he's actually saying. So I want to explain what the terms he's using do in fact mean in the way he's using them. So when he's saying a person of average intelligence, he doesn't mean left brain only intelligence. He is talking about holistic intelligence, a person of average consciousness that has learned a bit, that has been initiated to a certain level. It should not be too difficult for those people who have started to break down those barriers of ego and indoctrination, okay, and started to admit to themselves in some ways that they were wrong about what they previously believed and the opinions that they previously held. To, he's saying it shouldn't be too difficult for a person of average intelligence to acquire a knowledge, not a belief. Again, here the word knowledge is being used. To acquire a knowledge, a knowing of at least the outlines of the scheme of evolution. And here, he is not referring to Darwinian macrobiological physical evolution. He is referring to the evolution of the human spirit and the human consciousness. That is the term, what he means when he is using the word evolution in this context. So continuing with the quote by Max Heindel, and if anybody wants to uh, take a look at some of Max Heindel's work, this is freely available on scribed.com, S-C-R-I-B-D, on just an immense, incredible resource for anyone seeking knowledge, an eclectic variety of books, and a treasure trove for anyone that wants to explore the occult world. Because there's a lot of material up there, folks. And there's other sources, but Scribe is a good one. I'd like to give that to beginners. Sign up. It's free. Download any book you want for the most part. Okay? Heindel's work, almost in totality, I believe, is up there. Google Books has some of his works as well. His name is Max Heindel. H-E-I-N-D-E-L. Heindel. Uh, this quote uh, comes from his book known as The Rosicrucian Cosmo Conception. So I'll, I'll start it again. It should not be too difficult for any person of average intelligence to acquire a knowledge of at least the outlines of the scheme of evolution. That such a knowledge is of the utmost importance will, we think, be conceded by every intelligent individual. We live in this world governed by the laws of nature. Under these laws, we must live and work, and we are powerless to change them. 
He means we are powerless to change these laws of nature. That's why they're not tendencies of nature. They're not opinions of nature. They're not beliefs of nature. They're laws of nature. They're not theories. They're laws. They're the only real laws that exist in reality. Okay, continuing with Heindel's quote. If we know them and intelligently cooperate with them, meaning the laws of nature, these nature forces become most valuable servants. If, on the other hand, we do not understand them and in our ignorance work contrary to them, they become most dangerous enemies capable of terrible destruction. Therefore, the more we know of the working methods of nature, which latter is but the visible symbol of the invisible God, the better able we shall be to take advantage of the opportunities it offers for growth and power, for emancipation from bondage, and for elevation to mastery. Illuminatus. There it is, folks. That's it. That's what real education is. That's the goal, folks. If you're not there, you're not enlightened. The end. That's it. Understand how natural law works. You think this is taught anywhere in the education system in the United States or anywhere in the world for that matter? Good luck finding it. Until we properly, morally educate our youth upon the tenets of natural law principles, this planet will eternally be a prison. And no evolutionary progress in consciousness is going to be ultimately made. And Heindel fully understands that. If we know and intelligently cooperate with these forces meaning natural law, they become most valuable servants. If, on the other hand, we do not understand them, and in our ignorance, notice he didn't use the word nescience, in our ignorance of them, we were contrary to them, then they become most dangerous enemies, capable of terrible destruction. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? That's the path we're on. Sadly, that's the path we're on. But let it be known, let it be known, there were individuals doing the great work on this planet that were trying to explain that to the ignorant. Let it be known, let it be noted, and note it well. That's all the quotes I have, and I think that wraps up an analysis of what the education system is ultimately trying to prevent us from an accurate understanding of. That is why we have 
the education system that we do erected. That's why it has been erected, to prevent that understanding that I just spoke. And for no other reason. And they're pumping out creatures out of this system that have absolutely no understanding of the laws of nature whatsoever. Zero, less than zero. I mean, they're, they're in reverse. They have less than zero knowledge. And yes, there is such a thing. It means not only don't you know, you think you know something that is completely and utterly wrong, and you believe that to be true. It's called negative knowledge. You're attached to believing in a lie and a deception. And you think that that's wonderful and that it's true and that you need to propagate that understanding to other people. Reverse knowledge. There is some, something called knowing less than nothing. And sadly, that's the kind of people that are being pumped out of public schools in the United States. And I have no qualms in speaking that to, to people that listen to this show because it's the truth. It's not an insult. No one's being insulted here. If you recognize your ignorance, there's myriad opportunities for learning, for true learning. But you have to be eclectic about it. You have to take information from a wide variety of sources. And then you have to weigh that information critically. And then you have to start looking at who am I going to believe? What sources am I going to take as, as knowledgeable? Are, are, what, is what I wrote here knowledgeable to people? Do you consider these individuals, with what they spoke, do you consider them wise? Do you think that what they're explaining has wisdom contained in it that can help us, that can benefit us in our evolutionary journey? Well, if you do, then act upon it. I certainly hear wisdom in their words. We have a caller on the line from New York. Caller from New York City. You're on What on Earth is Happening. Go. How are you, Mark? Uh, great show. Uh, thank you. Uh, I wanted to say that you know I, I came out very uh, right-brain oriented. And, yeah, um, but um, one thing I've noticed is people that control uh, you know, the system and, and the Illuminati, they understand that their negative intentions and, and they understand the uh, natural law, I think, perfectly, but they know how to just reverse it for, for the uh, service itself and negative uh, side of it. Therefore, it manifests itself in our lives physically, whereas, you know, there it's just all, it's all mind, you know, it's all control and manipulation and sorcery, you know, like as you were saying. Absolutely. But, uh, just, You're you know, absolutely and, right about that. Uh, they do know these principles. Very well they know them. They're masters at them, and they're masters at manipulating those principles to get what they want through the ignorance of other people who do not understand those principles. The only way out of that is learning those you. principles. Yes, yeah. continue. Uh, the um, one, one thing I, I was going to say is uh, one thing we have to start using a lot more. We were very, One thing the system is over here is very, uh, on the, for, for boys anyway, it's, uh, it's missing the very uh, sacred feminine, uh, feminine side. Uh, to it, you know, it's very masculine oriented, you know, uh, you know, survive, flight, flight or flight mode, that's it throughout, you know, eight years, 12 years, whatever you're doing, because all this is a goal, and it's whoever gets to the top of the greasiest pole, you know, pretty much, that's, that's what right. it's all like, so if you have a system like that for 50, 80 years, you know, plus, it, it's just repetition of that, it, you know, it's just manipulated repetition, it gets better, it gets more concise and hidden. 
and that's what I think the people uh, people don't understand it, that a lot of it's hidden uh, and for us if you're not even aware to it or even awake to it. So it's gonna manipulate. It's gonna affect you in ways that you're not even understanding why that your life is going in a certain direction. That's you right. may be a good person, but you're, you're not unified in your mind, body, and spirit. So it's not gonna. It, you know, the universe doesn't respect it as much. Absolutely, and that's a profound understanding, sir. Absolutely. Um, the universe is going to respect unity over duality any day, and I, I you know, people will rage against that. I raged against it for a long time, too. When, when I had to admit to myself that the universe is granting the, the dark occultists what they really want because they're unified with themselves, it doesn't even matter if they're doing good with it or wrong with it. I mean, at, at a higher level, of course it does. But the way the physical laws work upon this plane through the, through the mind they're going to continue to get the outcome that they are seeking simply because they are unified and on the same page and the people they are manipulating are not. That's it. That's how it works. Rage about it all you want, but that's how natural law works. They, we don't, they don't even know to be unified. You know, they're not right. even sure what they should be unified against because they're all, they're all against each other. You know, Republican, no, Democrat, right. female, right. you know, gay, straight, whatever the case that's is. That's right. You know, I, I had a teacher that told me that, you know, by the time we're, you know, we're older, or, you know, three quarters of our class die of AIDS and, you know, the blood on the flag will, will represent you and stuff like that. You know, that, that was like sixth grade, you know, and he, he, was a, he was a great teacher. You know, he had a, a very successful career, but, you know, he said things like that in, in his history class, you know. And uh, right. I just wanted to make that, you know, that statement, let it go out there, because I know there were other people that definitely – were in that class with me, you know, so I'm sure it affected them, you know, you don't even think he heard it at one point, you're thinking, did he just say that, you know, and you're trying, you're spending, you're spending like three quarters of the rest of your day thinking, did he really just say that, you know, and you don't even right. know what the, later on, you don't even realize how that could affect you, you know, or how did it, you know, until you go back, analyze, and, you know, you realize that where he was coming from, the system that he was in, and, you know, what his goals and purposes were, right. you know. So uh, I just want to say that, you know, the only way to change it is, is through love. I agree. I agree. Right. And that, that is expanding our own consciousness and helping others to do that very same thing. And uh, I think you got have a profound understanding of this, and I, I hope you continue along that path. And uh, thanks for calling tonight. Thank you, Mark. Have a great night. You too. Take care. Never ceases to amaze me the... Uh, great calls that we get here on this show. Uh, makes me feel like there is some hope. Um, caliber of callers that I have never, ever seen in any other radio show anywhere. That's all I have to say about the folks who call, call into here. And th thus far, it has been a pleasure uh, to talk with people over the air um, uh, on this show. So... Um, we don't have any other callers, so I want to briefly touch upon uh, something that was just said by that last caller. Uh, he said that it's, uh, this indoctrination is based uh, very much on repetition. And this is a mind control technique that is one of the most um, profound and effective techniques. Um, When you keep repeating something over and over and over and over and over and over, 
it doesn't even make a difference how true it is in people's minds who are not very conscious. You can repeat nonsense over and over and over, and they will accept it as something that is true simply because they have heard it over and over and over so many times. Repetition fuels the reptile complex. It also fuels an imbalance toward the right brain hemisphere because the right brain is the acceptance part of the brain. It is the brain that wants to take in information like a sponge. It wants to absorb it. The color that is associated with the right brain that is, that is the most apt color to use when you want to garner someone's acceptance is blue. Blue frequencies in general appeal to the left brain hemisphere. And they, the, the blue frequencies place people in a somewhat more suggestible state than they would be in ordinary waking consciousness without an abundance of that frequency in their visual field. Anyone can confirm this is true. And the best way to confirm it is simply turn on your nightly news broadcast in your local area and just look at the abundance of the blue frequency that is used in the newscast. This is where you get the repetition over and over and over and over saying the same things week after week, night after night, month after month, year after year. And when we look at words, we understand, we will begin to understand if we pick apart language. See, the word language has been used several times in this broadcast, and we will continue to talk about language and how critical language is to shaping and molding opinions and, and mental processes and behavior. The word dictator, and this can be confirmed in any Latin dictionary, okay? The word dictator means to repeat over and over, it means to speak over and over and over again. That is what the word dictator means. It, co it comes from dictare in Latin, which means to speak. So to be a dictator is to say the same thing over and over and over. That's how dictatorships happen. Things are repeated incessantly until they take root. And once the idea, the bad idea is rooted an evil tree sprouts up from those bad ideas. Hitler understood this. He said, to bring the will of the people along is easy. You just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again, and eventually they will believe it. Right from Hitler's mouth himself. Because he understood how this principle of repetition and indoctrination works. So, that is a, a valid and really um, enlightening point to, to bring up in connection with the school system. Repetition. 
And again, we see that the word itself is very closely connected with the word reptile. So uh, I just popped open a Latin dictionary program here on my computer, and I looked up the word dictator. It is the future passive imperative of the verb dicto dictare. And it means to say repeatedly, often, or frequently. Right there. Dictator. The words we speak carry meanings that are often hidden. We have to get to the root meanings of words, and then so much is revealed. So, another thing that the last caller brought up, which is profound and reflects a deep understanding of how mind control essentially works, is he brought up dialectics. He brought up controlled opposition. He brought up hitting people against each other, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, Christian, Muslim. We talked about this a bit when we brought up the divide and conquer strategy. What I want to begin to transition into, and we'll start to discuss this more next week, we could ride out the night with a very brief explanation of this, and this will be the mind control methodology that we discuss over the next uh, show, will be controlled opposition. And again, the, the topic of opposition was brought up, duality. So th this is a very, not only a profound call, but a, a synchronistic call that happened because many of the concepts that this uh, gentleman brought up in the last call is critical to understand about how indoctrination, mind control, and controlled opposition work, and that happens to be the next topic uh, that I'm going to be discussing on the next show when it comes to the methods of mind control. Controlled opposition is essentially a means of playing two polar forces, polarized forces off against each other, such that the required outcome is assured. You know that when you mix two different chemicals together, you get a certain compound. Well, if you understand how one particular polarized ideology works, and you also understand how the antithesis of that polarized ideology also works, when you pit these two polarized forces against each other, you are assured that the outcome is going to be geared in a certain direction. This is known as a dialectic. D-I-A-L-E-C-T-I-C, dialectic. Lecto lectere in Latin means to create, to make. Dia in Greek means through. So this is a vehicle of creation. The path that you would go through to create your desired outcome. That's what a dialectic is. It is a synthesis. 
It is taking two polarized forces, which the last caller referred to as thesis and antithesis. One thing and its opposite. Playing them off against each other, and in doing so, you have achieved a desired outcome that was pre-planned. No surprises, because you know how the chemistry of both of these polarized forces works to begin with. You know this because you created the dichotomy. You created that schism in the first place. So you know how they work, and in knowing how those polarized forces work, you are assured of the outcome with no surprises. And people who are rooted in a dominator mindset don't like surprises or deviations from their plans. They want things to work as smoothly as possible in ways that don't upset the apple cart and don't create anything that was unforeseen for them. That's how they work. So, I'm going to uh, type into my Latin dictionary here. Lectare. Okay, it, it comes from lectus. It means chosen or picked, selected. So a bit off from created, which is what I uh, originally brought up, but it is picking something out of a limited amount of choices. So dialecto, dialectic, would mean to steer in a certain direction through certain choices. And that perfectly describes what a dialectic is. You're looking to get from A to Z and you want to steer the decisions by influencing the mind and the behavior patterns of individuals based on a dichotomy. Two polar forces pitted against each other. So, the most widely recognized of these dialectics is politics. Politics is one that can clearly be seen to be a dialectic in this controlled oppositional paradigm. See, to get people to conform with your will and to think that it is their will, you need them to believe that they are doing something that they strongly believe in that is in opposition to something that is attacking their position. So you create two parties. You create conservative and liberal. You create Democrat and Republican. And then you influence someone to strongly identify based on some of the tenets of these ideologies. You get them to strongly identify with these positions. 
And then you create the opposite. So a Republican wants fiscal conservation. They want to be conservative with, their, with the money that is spent. Then you create the opposite. You create the, the Democratic Party that will largely endorse tons of spending and government projects and nanny state incentives. And you get these two opposing viewpoints to constantly conflict with each other. You know, the Democrats will advocate, uh, the the, uh, uh, Republicans will advocate imperialism and spending money on foreign policies that are interventionist most times. Democrats will advocate social reform programs and spending money on Uh, you know, giving people things that they aren't creating in and of themselves. So the nanny state programs, the um, being taken care of from cradle to grave, government as protector and caretaker. And this dialectic is constantly put forward in the media and then you see the further controlled opposition. You have people in the liberal media, like on MSNBC. You have people in the, Republic, in the uh, conservative media, like on Fox News. And they're constantly hammering on each other's position and waging ad hominem attacks, etc., etc. And it's all simply for the show. It's all simply for the puppet show to get people to think that there are real power invested in these institutions known as the Republican Party and the Democrat Party and that the real leaders are voted for, they're elected from these parties and that they have power and influence and that voting is a solution for human freedom and electing people to be your representatives is a solution for human freedom. See, this whole politics show, this whole dialectic, this whole pitting one side against the other, it was brilliantly described on his program by Alex Jones. It is indeed the royal arch, the strongest structure in architecture, in creating a structure, the arch. There's just about no stronger structure than the arch because the two forces coming in from each side are creating an enormous amount of strength for that structure in their opposition and leaning uh, against each other. Dialectical mechanics. It's a critical thing to understand about how mind control works, and this is going to be fully expanded and explored in the next show. I guess I'll leave that at about right there for now. Next week on the show, we will be talking about the whole concept of controlled opposition. And other people have referred to this as the Hegelian dialectic. And indeed, that is what it is. And we will talk about how that manifests as a methodology for control over the human mind. For now, that's all for this week. I thank everyone for listening. 
As always, great callers to the show. Let's hope that that continues in coming weeks. I'm out of here for tonight, folks. Listen in next Tuesday night at 7 Eastern. You've been listening to What on Earth is Happening. Hit my my website at whatonearthishappening.com. See you here next week. Good night.